finally, a voice for the in-home sales rep. The Road Warriors. The first call closers. In a world where sales training is watered down, generalized, and frankly boring. We're bringing you in-home sales experiences that are going to help you close more deals more often. Welcome, welcome. What up, what up, what up? Another episode of The Closer's Mindset. Another and episode taking it to the right. streets. It's going to be a fun one. Episode 24. We've got a special, special guest today. We're going to call him Fred. And I've known Fred for many years now. And uh, Fred's probably one of the best closers I've ever known. And uh, real excited to have him on to... Uh, That's high praise from a, a closer like yourself. I would I put him up there. <laughs> this guy, I tell you. So welcome, Fred. Hello there. <laughs> so uh, how many years you've been in the business, man? Tell us a little bit about your background, how long you've been in the business. Ooh, been in sales for about 23 years, um, but been in the uh, home improvement sector for about 18 years. And why did you choose in-home sales? I got convinced from a friend of mine. I was actually uh, a manager at a car dealership, and he came over one time and he told me, uh, you got to come see this. I thought he was trying to sell me something. And uh, he popped the, popped the trunk, and there was a bunch of windows. And uh, <laughs> I said, what the hell, people buy windows? And he said, yeah. And uh, the rest is history. And 18 years later, still in the game, huh? So you're managing this dealership, and you went from – yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was managing a car dealership, and so I got convinced to go uh, interview at a local window company, and went in there and interviewed, and had three days of training. That's how it was back then, <laughs> um, and then went out there, and my first month commissions were about forty-four thousand seven hundred, and I've never looked back. In the first month. In the first Jeez. month, not knowing what the hell I was doing. <laughs> What the? That's awesome. So, I mean, was it a scary jump at all? I'm just curious now. I, I don't know your story. I'm just kind of meeting you for the first time. But um, was it like a leap or was it just such an opportunity? You can sense it. Was it the the money, the free? Like, what what was it that kind of? What I didn't I didn't see the realization of money. I was, it was more uh, it was more getting out of the the 90 hours a week on the uh, hmm. in the car dealership. The bell to bell. Bell to bell, and uh, getting out, get getting out of that, and um, you know, learning something new, and being rewarded for it. And it was a very competitive environment too. So, being that uh, you're a competitive person, as I know, as I've uh, worked with you uh, several times, I got a quick question on this. So, I know your numbers, and your numbers are through the roof, but I got to ask you this. Your 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 toughest close ever, toughest customer you ever had to close. Do you remember that customer? My toughest one. I mean, toughest one. You were like, man, this was you know, you're come out sweating. Um, I, I I would I would categorize that as a double whammy. It was toughest and um, one that somehow I knew I had confidence in my game that I would get. And I can kind of, I remember the story. I can kind of give you a quick rundown. No, we want to hear the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you have for breakfast? (laughs) So, um, I met this, this individual, uh, it was actually a couple and the, the guy and the guy and the gal were pretty tough with me. They were very combative, um, tons of objections. Didn't believe anything I said. So, I stuck to my 
my game of just sticking to walking the the perimeter, identifying all the pain points, and stick and sticking to the pain points and my solution of removing and replacing everything. And and then the wife decides to go to bed. She said she had to get up early. And he said, "Well, um, I, hate, I hate to tell you this, but." You're going to have to leave. I've got, and this was at two o'clock and it's already six o'clock. You're going to have to leave. I've got another person coming here. And I said, uh, what is he selling? He said, uh, vinyl. I said, okay, well, I'm going to leave and pack my stuff up, but I'm going to promise you this. I'm going to go down the street. There's a mall up the road here. I'm going to go sit there. I'm going to wait for your phone call. Cause you're going to call me. You're going to call me tonight. And he <laughs> goes, why do you say that? He said, I said, well, the reason why you're going to call me is because he's not going to go outside. And I, I laid it down, so I'm trying to remember, this is many years ago. I said, I gave him three things. I said, if he doesn't go outside and inspect your windows, call me. If he doesn't identify the rot and replacing everything with the proper solution, call me. And if he, if he high pressures at all and tries to get you to sign right now, oh, he's going to call his boss. I knew that company, they did the old, got to call my boss to get a discount. Right. I said, if he tries to call his boss, that's, I know that's not what you want. Call me. So I went around the corner and I sat and I kind of spied. I can kind of see the guys, uh, the guys' neighborhood. I seen a, <laughs> you cheated that up so well. <laughs> wow. And I and I waited 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 and it got to about nine thirty eight. Nine thirty eight rolled around. I was like, it's time for me to go. He's he, he's signing. He's obviously signing with the guy. So I go to start my car up. And as soon as I start my car, my phone rings. Boing. And I was like, oh, this guy. And I had already started my car. I start rolling towards his house. I pull in his driveway. And I got to about three rings. And this is how close I was. And he calls me and starts talking to me. And he says, hey, you know, the guy didn't do any of that stuff. He said he didn't, he didn't inspect the outside. He didn't identify the rot. He was actually going to put the window on top of the rot and then throw some aluminum on top of it. And, and of course he called his manager to get a special deal that night. So I'll go ahead. I went ahead and asked him to leave and I want to go ahead and give you my business. So what time can you come back tomorrow? I said, well, I'm already in your driveway. And the guy goes, what? <laughs> Opens his door and I'm sitting right there. So I went in and wrote the deal. $86,000. Wow. <laughs> that is a so, story, man. That is. So we should have a Hall of Famous stories. <laughs> <laughs> it, it may be, it may be one of the toughest you may be in a in a tough situation, but if you if you have faith and confidence in your skills and your ability to convey those to the customer that you are the only solution, it doesn't matter what that next person is going to come in and present. You know, the guy did admit the guy was you know one third my price, uh, but he said I he, he had faith in me because I knew my competition, and I knew my product was going to be superior, my solution was going to be superior. And that's what that's how we end up winning. What's cool is the guy ended up winning our ten thousand dollars sweepstakes like six months later. Wow! No so, way! That is super yeah. cool. That's so. cool. That's Jeez, cool. Man. That's cool. Yeah, that's we, cool. We, we, <laughs> it was only ten though. It was eighty six thousand. So yeah. it, it just that was just like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, I still had seventy six thousand dollars to go. So, but that was that's one that's going to stick with me for. Uh, forever quite some time and i've got dozens more but that's the how one about that's how the, about how about the craziest house you've ever been in i mean i'm talking dude like just the situation you're gonna call me afterwards and be like bro you gotta hear this 
there was a hoarder's house. Um, Tell me about it. I mean, I know you've been. The lady actually in, urinated uh, in front of me in a coffee can. Oh, no way. Oh. Yeah. Hold yeah. up. Hold up. Hold up. She <laughs> urinated in the coffee can in front of you. Yeah. So she she was a um, global something scientist. Very intelligent lady. Drove a Volvo. Dialysis scientist. She was some, some type of scientist. <laughs> Um, and, uh, but she had a, a, a psychological problem with hoarding. Okay. And so when I knocked on the door, it was a colonial, uh, kind of a colonial ranch style home, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of colonial windows with grids. So she, I knock on the door, she answered the door. She's sitting in this little area in the front, kind of her foyer, mm-hmm. but the rest is completely stacked up to about five feet, six feet of newspapers, just junk. And she had a little p- pathway. She was kind of a heavy set, heavy mm-hmm. set gown, a moon dress. And uh, she said, you know, she kind of told me what she needed. She needed windows. The house gets cold. I said, okay. And I said, well, I'm going to have to inspect everything. And, and I knew immediately she was a hoarder. The stench was pretty bad. And she said, well, um, you, you can't really come inside, but you can do everything from the outside. I said, no problem. Absolutely. And she goes, well, hold on a second. Right mid-sentence, she pulls out this coffee can and starts to urinate in it. And oh, hold up, but how does she do that? I mean, <laughs> would she like squat or something? Then they come. I, you know. No, she was sitting. She was sitting at the front foyer, and it. I you, you don't you don't sit there and stare, right? You just <laughs> kind of sit there and go. What the hell? I like how right? she said, "Hold on a sec." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I told her, I said, "I said, how about I, do, Deb? How about I do this? So let me go ahead and get get some measurements while you take care of your situation here." And she says, "Go ahead and do that." So I went over and walked around the perimeter and measured everything, identified she needed a, a full uh, tear out, uh, full replacement uh, application, and uh, went around and did all the the measurements I could. Came back and it was pitch black at this time and. She only had this one little yellow light above her storm door uh, on, and I knocked on the door again. She kind of was sitting there, and uh, I said I went over the pricing with her and did all my calculations on the calculator and uh, wrote it up, and I told her, I don't, I don't recall the price of it, but I told her this was the, the different options, and she she ordered she ordered for me, so I, I she knew she. I knew that was going to be the end, and <laughs> that was a logical end to <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, it is. And in all seriousness, though, I mean, like my heart goes out to this lady. She has problems. Yeah. Uh, right. Yes, I, there, yeah, there are kind of funny a little bit, but yes, you know, people do have those problems. But if you're a sales rep, you got to stick in those appointments every single time. I've never had that happen. I had it where they had their bathroom like right there you know they couldn't move from the first floor so the the person had that like portable bathroom right there what if she had like a bag of ziploc lemonade and just was testing your reaction (laughs) (laughs) well you know what's what's unique i I look back and and i did uh provide her a demonstration of the window right there on her on the stoop of her porch um and i went over all the options with her and i asked her you know, after I got done, um, you know, I, I was thinking about shaking her hand, but I had to think about it twice. Um, but uh, I, 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 as I'm doing my button up, my old, my old, uh, make sure everything's good to go, make sure she, she's good to go in the stomach before I leave the, 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 the house uh, so that she didn't want to resent on me or anything. As I'm asking her all the questions, doing my follow-up button ups here, she says, I said, what, what was the main reason that you decided to place your business with us tonight? And she, she paused and says, you're the first one to actually 
go around and measure my house and provide me a price. Crazy. Boom. Because so everyone so else probably I, prejudged, ruled that out. Most of the companies left her. Um, but one of the one of the things that uh, stuck with me as 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 we we kind of label ourselves as being closers or being hot shots. Um, that particular night, I didn't find myself being a closer. I found myself being a person that was helping another person out, providing a solution. I, and not, I, I, not I love it. And and that's what people look at. This lady was a doctor, but she had a mental condition, but yeah. it wasn't me to judge her. Right. Um, and so that's what, that's what was unique about that night is that I didn't walk away going, yeah, I closed that one. Um, I actually walked away saying, hey, I'm going to help this lady out and get her some nice new windows. I even tried to work out getting some of my my nephews to come over and help clean her, her house. I'm not realizing now that there's been shows, you know, American Hoarder or whatever, that how toxic it would have been for my <laughs> my nephews. But, uh, but, you know, she had, she had declined, but she knew I was trying to help her. And uh, just so we can get some stuff out of the way prior to the installation. But uh, yep. um, we, th- that was able to happen in the ways we were able to do the install and get it all buttoned up for her. That's so good, man. I, I had a story like that just the other day. I, I had a sale and, and I remember leaving. I don't know if I told you about that, uh, Lynch, but I, the guy had lost his wife recently and I, I had no pride in the fact that I made the sale. It just, my heart was just for him. You know what I mean? That's what it sounds like I'm hearing from you is just, you just kind of had compassion and, and, and helped. <laughs> I think that's the most important part of closing. Right. I think the ABC in closing is not only all be, always be closing, but always be caring. Right. I mean, yes, you're closing, but a part of that closing is caring. you got to care when you go into home. If you don't care, I mean, yes, you can still close, but you'll close a lot more if you give a shit. This is how I yeah. see it. Um, all right. Wow. Well, let's get some more funny, juicy stories. So <laughs> talking about hoarders, how about animal hoarders? Have you ever had any crazy cat ladies? Uh yeah, I've had quite a few cat ladies. Yeah. Well, how many cats? Give me, give me your, give me your maximum amount of ca- cats you've had in the house. Oh, I, I would think probably twenty. <laughs> that's a lot of cats. D- My most was thirty. Cats. You've had twenty. Well, Ooh, that's a lot of cats, dude. The one thing about my, my presentations, it, it always surrounded the demonstration of the window, so I always took a knee. I would never use the table, never, ever. Always did in their living room and their comfort so they could sit down and relax. But the one thing, the negative part of taking a knee on the carpet hmm. is that you would always collect the cat hair. So. Oh, I thought you were going to say cat, cat pee. pee. I thought you were going to say cat pee, dude. I knew it. I was like, oh, no. no. Are you just trying to be nice and tell us you, you put your knee in cat pee and don't want to tell us that? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, So the worst one with cats is I went to this house one time. And I went in, the guy, they, their carpet was worn down so bad from urine and, you know, just feces and everything. Um, it was a, it was a lady, she kept them referring to her husband, but apparently he was been gone for years, but she was one of those types that I always refer to that as, as he's still there. Yep. And as I'm talking to her, I, I'm looking around and I realized the carpet's worn down to the bare wood underneath, right? It's an older home. Oh, wow. And. I've been I had to make a quick decision because, but she kept everything tidy. That's what's crazy. It was stinky. It was worn down. Did you take your her shoes furniture, off? Her furniture, I did. Her furniture was ripped up, but yet I still took my my shoes off and I still took a knee. And I tell oh. you, I, I that when I when I when I got in, and unfortunately I couldn't get her approved through financing, but I still got her the paper and I felt pretty pretty good with that. Um, but when I was leaving, I got in the car and I was like, 
you know what, I, I've got to go, you know, change my clothes now. It's my yeah. last appointment today. But I did, um, I, my wife made me take everything off in the garage, but I, but I still remember, you know, how delighted she was, how happy she was when, when I still gave her the courtesy I would to anyone in like a, a million dollar home. Yep. So, and Same that courtesy. was. I just wouldn't take my shoes off though, bro. I, I, I commend you on that. <laughs> I, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. There are certain houses I just, nope. Hey, look, I have the utmost respect and love. I, I can't do it. I just I just didn't want to judge her because I did a I had another sim, similar situation many years ago, probably 17 years ago, when I was in uh, in in, uh, in a countryside about three hours away from our office, and I had a very similar situation where it was a, like a little beat up house in the middle of nowhere along the highway, and uh, I even got lost looking for the house. And it was an old timer, old vet, all by himself. He worked the mines apparently, and this was his getaway out of the mountains. And uh, he had a bunch of animals that smelled pretty bad. I did the same thing with him. Um, I didn't try to prejudge. It was a small project. I think he only had like four windows and a front door. You know, he had a front door and a back door. He had a carport. Um, and I uh, did the same thing with him, gave him all the common courtesies, even though he said I didn't have to. But I said, hey, this is the way I was raised. And I ended up writing that guy. I think it was like $22,000. Uh, but that was, again, you know, he said he doesn't get much visitors. And, uh, but he, he really liked the fact that I was raised with manners. I remember that word he used, manners. Yep. Mm. You know, my mom would say it's different. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think that's what people miss, though, bro. It doesn't matter what who, who comes in a house. And I think people get thrown off when people get, you know, that smoke screen thrown to them in the very beginning or they get thrown, you know, put off because, you know, the customer gives them some kind of low ball or, or tells them they only have a few minutes or says this out of the other. Then the customer just drops his I and mean, then the rep just drops their pants or doesn't go further, you know, um, or doesn't cater to the customer or take care of them or assumes that they don't either have the money or have the uh, ability to purchase. Well, that's that you, you hit it there, and that's called prejudging. That, and that's the one thing that has really bit me in the side for over 23 years now is that you, you come across individuals that they get to a point where they start prejudging um, buyers, or they think they, you know, the mat they have the magic goggles on where they can determine who's a buyer and who's not a buyer just by looking at them. And I and I tell you, I, I don't know how many houses I've gone to where they've got the fancy car in the driveway and they've got the, the big fancy house and, the, and the, you, you couldn't get them approved for even a dollar. You know, it's, it's, you, it, it's best not to prejudge. It's best to just give it the full maximum uh, demonstration and then uh, go for what's going to fit their budget the best. Um, and, you know, that's what usually gives, gets you to the 55 or higher closing percentage, and that's where you want to be. How... I hundred love everything you're saying. I, I focus as hard. I mean, I'm, I've only been in this. I don't know if you know my story at all, but like less than two years, you know. So um, it, it, that's something that I focus on. And I used to be in journalism and all that. So prejudging to me is you, you don't do that if you're going to get to know the authentic person. But it's not easy. Like, do you have like a process going into a home that you're like, I'm not going to prejudge or. You know, or, or is it just something that comes to you after you do it long enough? Like, well, how does that work for you that, you know, the, for the reps listening to this, it's they're going to glean a lot from what you're saying. And just wondering if you if that was a conscious thing or is this just who you are, Fred, or what what, what would you say? Um, there, there wasn't really a process. I just, 
I, I, I didn't treat anyone any different. Uh, Just a choice main, you made. Yeah, the situation. So my main goal was to, you know, get all the attentive um, prospects in front of me to listen to the story. And the story is not the company story. The story is what is going to be the best solution, if there's any, for their home today. Uh, mm. And the key getting them off their butts and out of the house. So the one, my one, my pet peeve, my entire career is what is all the, what is all the typical in-home sales guy or saleswoman? What do they do when they come inside? What do they train? One of the first questions. Sit on their ass. Sit on your butt. Let's go sit at the table. Looks, I'm kind of, (laughs) I mean, I've heard those scripts for years ask for a drink i mean it's 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 so comical i had someone actually come here to my house and and pitch me um some filtration system and i went through the same thing and it was so scripted i was waiting i already knew what they were going to ask the next question it was almost it was almost comical so the the one thing that i've always told myself i would not do is go to the table so i'm not there to sit down and understand who they are or you know, where Johnny's going to college or tell them, you know, how long my company's been in business. They, they, I think they've already done their research. So my main thing is them to understand who I am, um, understand who they are, um, typically at the front door. Let's walk around and chat. Let's look at the outside. What do they like or don't like about their house? Um, let's just view the neighbors. Let's look around. Get them involved in conversation. Get them involved. In, and I'm asking little key questions to understand what they're looking for. So that way I can kind of help them design their their new remodel. And I, I approach it as a remodeling. Let's remodel this house, especially if they lived there 20 years. Um, let's not just replace. And then when you when you start talking remodeling and changing the curb appeal and increasing the light coming through, customers started thinking, I like this. I'm getting a new house. So now it justifies the, the added value. So when you're coming in at 30 grand versus 20, they, the customers start understanding because what did the last guy do when he was at 10 grand? He was going like for like, didn't go over anything, sat at the table, did the little heat lamp gig, he did all that fancy stuff, um, and that's and that and that pretty much you know the customers never seen that, but they get really divulged in that, not understanding that there it's it's a path of just sign the dotted line. You really don't know what you're getting. My thing was more let's design, let's uh, upgrade, and let's get let's have fun with this, and then uh, then you go from there. That's a golden nugget if I ever heard one right there that's good stuff what do you think most sales reps lack in this biz lacking in this business part? here in other words as far as you know being very successful in this what separates the uh, the pros from the ones that are just you know middle of the road um i i, I think in all the years i've seen guys and gals make it the ones that made it versus the ones that have failed and i've seen a ton fail um, and I, I, I think that the key element is being willing to adjust on a daily basis, adjust your game and learn. Uh, once you think you know it all, someone else knows it better than you. So that's, the, so that's true. the key. Got to find and absorb and adjust as you go. If you stick to too much to Method, let me explain it in a little bit more detail. So many companies teach methodology, and I think the ones that don't hit understand it are the ones that get too overdeveloped in the methodology that if you get them off that train track of the goal is getting to the, the train station, right, the sale, 
So if you get them off it, they don't know how to get back on. Hmm. They get confused and customers sense that and they don't know how to, to think outside the bubble. So understanding that when you first jump on that train of methodology and you get to the end of methodology, the end result's gonna be the same. However you position that ride is completely up to you. And I just chose to, I never learned a methodology. That's my bad side. I, I guess it's good and, and bad. And you mean by that, you mean like steps, right? Correct. It was, there was none of that when I joined the window industry those many moons ago. It was still, the company I in particular joined, they hired professional sales reps. They didn't, they didn't want to hand a, I remember that saying on my first day is that when we, when we hire salespeople, we don't want to hold your hand. We want professionals, we'll give you the product, you get out there and close the deals. And I tell you, then they got into methodology and realized, oh, shit, you can probably treat, chain people a little bit more in mass volumes to gain bigger volume sales, which makes sense. But to to answer your question, the the the, diff, the differentials, the ones that take it and take that that mold and make it their own and find that niche. I mean, there's there's there are window guys out there now that are seven, selling $7 million a year. Um, wow. Them, and I tell you, it's it's perseverance, it's dedication, it's finding that niche and being hungry and not going, oh, I only I only want to work so much or or the and I tell you a lot of the a lot of the big boys out there in the market are the ones that don't have to run a lot, but they work their business to sell bigger jobs. So every opportunity they upsell, they try to get as much as possible versus the worst thing you can ever do is look at your assignment sheet. I think custom companies call them lead sheets. You get on there and you go, Oh, it's only three windows. Well, shit, I got my foot in the door. I'm happy. You know, who cares what's on the number sheet? Just get your ass in the house right. and, and believe me, walk around that, that house, identify, what the pain points are, identify what mama wants. There may not be nothing wrong with their house. She just wants to change the look. Everybody's into these black and bronze frames right now. You know, identify what she wants, find that and then stick on it. Cause she's going to win, right? She's always going to win. Yeah. Creative selling. Like it sounds like you inherently just, that's the irony is that the methodology is based on an inherent like selling process that works. I think the the selling process came first, and then the methodology was put on paper second. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? So when we're yeah, talking I about, had go ahead. I just that uh, he recently uh, exited the company, and he kept on telling me, "I did. I I, I stuck to the script. I, it just doesn't work." You're like, "That's your problem." <laughs> you stuck <laughs> to the script. Problem. There's your problem. You stuck, and it doesn't work. I think this. I think any script should be just a, a real simple outline, and I think the, the scripts get overworked too much. I think we. I, I think companies, most companies now, have scripted out too much information, where they should just really put the base information down, and let that script develop from each individual. I think they get a lot more out of it. In my, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Remember the old acronym Kiss. What is it? Keep it simple, for? stupid. Or so, I think they do a keep a simple salesperson now, but it was always keep a simple yeah. stupid. What I what I've noticed a lot of organizations they they tend to bring in brainiacs, and these brainiacs will overanalyze the sales process and they want to make it very scientific, um, but not ever going out there and selling themselves. They understand that you don't need science to sell people; you need just some people that believe that providing a solution is going to make that customer 
choose you. So that means being a natural person in the home, being unscripted, but understanding that methodology doesn't have to be nine steps, 16 steps. I mean, her one that was 33 steps. Come on. Um, <laughs> Goodness gracious. Four, four basic elements to get to get that get that customer involved in who you are so and you can make those elements any way you want the laws the core thing is the introduction and of course the close um and those are the the, the key points in the, in the middle are completely up to what the customer what the person selling and what their solution is so but that's mainly what it is is the introduction is so key i think there was a survey years ago that they had served i think it was windows door bags they surveyed customers on the on the why buy um top 20 and i remember price was number 11 or something like that but a lot of the customers feedback was you know uh, their decision to go with that person not the company the person was made in the first two minutes at the door wow that was kind of interesting i think i yeah. heard that in 19 when was that no 2005 so i think i read that somewhere and it's always stuck with me so me too how age at that entry means a lot to that I always, I, Fred, I've always thought that the customer's looking at me five, 10 minutes before I get to the house. Like Where? I always thought they can see me, they're peeking out at me. And I've, so I always went, even when I'm, I'm pulling up my car, like I think they're looking at me while I'm in the car. So every, like I'll take my sunglasses off up two blocks before I even get to the house because I don't want to look suspicious. And I know it's just a weird thing I do, but so I, I think the approach is so important. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you never rush out and bang on the door. You always get out and kind of uh, look like you're looking around. Uh, you're a surveyor, and then the customer understands you're doing your little mini uh, research there before you knock on their door. It's always that customer sitting out. Now, of course, times have changed now for that for that salesperson that's walking up to a house now uh, with the invention of Ring, you know, Ring and different type of cameras. So now the expectations change. So how many, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a YouTube channel dedicated to people, you know, pick their nose at the door, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't even think about this yeah. stuff. You're so, you're so, it's so true. Like with this, with these cameras now, I mean, Taking they could have them anywhere, the uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> who got smoking, a, you know, some, some guy that smokes, smokes a cigarette walking up or anything. I mean, anything. Yeah. What? What if you pull in the driveway and you're getting out and you're talking to your boss? Hold on, boss. I'm, I'm running this 10 o'clock. Let me go close these yahoos real quick. They just mm -hmm. heard the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, they heard everything, dude. Yeah. That's wow. You know, uh, yeah, I just gave you guys all an idea to open up a YouTube channel. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, that's an understanding that, you know, it's when you're walking up the door, be aware, situational awareness, especially when you're doing a perimeter walk. There's cameras all around. How my house has eight cameras around the outside. If you walk around the outside, be careful who you're talking to on your cell phone. First of all, you shouldn't be yapping on your phone to begin with. You, your dedication should be on the perimeter of that exterior inspection, not yapping on your phone to your buddy. But what you know, what you guys gonna go? What bargain hit that night? You should be 100% dedicated, focus on that customer, so they understand that your time and their time is combined. So when you're there walking around, because they they see that, especially if they pull up the camera and you think they're not watching you, of course. You know, if you're, you know, you're on the phone and you're yapping, buddy, you're yapping with your, your girl. Or um, even calling you, your manager or anybody say else. Like, I've been thinking about not even the approach, but like you say, if you genuinely, I, we, we, my company doesn't do the whole, you got to call your manager 20 times kind of thing. But sometimes I have to call my manager and 
I try to get as far away from the home, the home as possible. I subconsciously wasn't thinking about what you're saying, but I think subconsciously that's why. <laughs> but think about how many guys probably stand right outside the front door thinking they're in the clear, and they're like, yeah, I got these jokers on the line. I just need your <laughs> approval or well, whatever. You, you even got to be careful with it when, when you do take a manager call that you don't go away too far because think about the consumers thinking, ooh, why does he want to talk in front of me? So you got to be conscious about that too. You got to yeah. you know, you gotta make sure – you know, boss man. Hey, you, you, a good a good little role play. Hey, hey, uh, hey, boss man. I'm just use that as an example. <laughs> and Jones is right now. I just uh, I have a quick question. Um, uh, you know, what's the maximum width we can do on this? I mean, very professional. You know, I, I can't seem to define it. I, I the manual says one thing, but I thought we can do a little bit bigger sizes. I just want to verify so I don't I don't provide them a wrong solution. I mean that that's good. Well, there's A and B issues with that that phone call in general is now your credibility of being an expert just went down right but second the second you you probably should have had a cheat sheet um but those are uh yeah i'm trying to think of the guy that was what was he selling us uh i think he was selling um funeral services <laughs> sorry but he <laughs> but he he didn't know an answer for something that my wife had asked and he he goes, oh, actually, this was one that kind of killed his credibility, but luckily I know the guy. And so he, he called and he's like, let me call my boss and answer for that. He'll pick up real quick. So he goes and calls his boss and he did right in front of me, smart sales guy. And his boss didn't pick up, he called again, boss didn't pick up. Then he texts him, no reply. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound too good. Yeah. So, and I, I had a little nice little chuckle about it, but uh, luckily I already had a relationship with this guy. He did some other projects for me. So, but it was like, wow. So you damn you do, and damn you don't, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think if I high level, because we're we're, I want to respect your time. We really, man, this has been awesome. Um, but I'm hearing the first thing I heard from you, like as a pro, was just you stuck to your process no matter what. And that's yep. something we talk about a lot. But like you, that I mean, that was eye opening to me, and just makes me re- self reflect on my own process. Like, am I taking any shortcuts or not? It sounds like you just you you did your thing no matter what. Every single Every time. Every single time. Every single time, and I and I tell you, if I didn't sell it, I would I would carry a bunch of sticky notes, and I would write down what did I do, what did I not do, and I put that right on my mirror. So every time I look in the mirror, I go, "You dumbass." So you know that's the thing you got to constantly you got to remind yourself is <clears throat> stick stick to your process, and your process will always deliver the results. And if you wing off the process and you skip one thing, oh, say it's snowing outside. I don't want to walk to the perimeter because I don't want to get my shoes wet. Um, well, guess what? I guess you don't want to get paid that night either. <laughs> so you're, you're, walk the perimeter, get your shoes wet. You're, not, you're supposed to take your damn shoes off when you go in the house anyways. So take your shoes off, go in the house. But you know what? You know, you know what you just earned from that customer when you walk back in that house with your legs soaked? Respect. Respect. Yeah. Because you're out there and, and you better have your tools. Always carry your bag with your flashlights, your inspection tools. Everything's there with you. Um, and that way you can expect everything on the outside. And make it a little little Hollywood, you know, if they're sitting <laughs> in the living room. Make sure that light goes across his lap a couple times. <laughs> they know that you're, you're, you're thoroughly inspecting. Even though you've probably done 50 houses in that neighborhood, you already know what they need. The customer doesn't know that. 
and they want to make sure you're you're giving them you're providing them with the proper solution, proper recommendation to move That's forward. Good stuff. I always say if you're not getting on your hands and knees, you're not doing an inspection. I don't care what you sell, I don't care how you sell it, find a way to get on your hands. find a way to get down and dirty. And I don't care how unless, what, how you dress. Get LA down and dirty. Right? Huh? <laughs> unless you're in Vegas and are on the LA strip, you don't need to be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like what you said there. I mean, stick to your process. You didn't say stick to the methodology you were trained in. Stick to your process, which is a, a bit of the methodology with your own understanding of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of the most of the the, the, the best methodologies were basically just uh, milked and squeezed from other methodologies. But most of them were born out of not from successful sales reps. Isn't that unique? Um, there's, I've been told years ago, you cannot, you cannot copy a top rep mm. because top rep brings in their history of knowledge and experience and lifelong experiences around, you know, like myself, I've been around the world. I'm able to convey that to customers, but you can't copy that. But what you can do is you can take some of those key successful elements and you can roll those into a proper methodology and squeeze it down, thin it out to make it a very simple, you know, peanuts and shell, boom, boom. There's, this is what you gotta know to be successful so that if you do get off, you do get off your track, you can easily jump right back on and close the deal versus seeing that, that young rep start to sweat, struggle. Next you know he's fiddling around, he can't even type in his computer or his calculator um, because he's so stressed out. Um, but that's the best thing to do is keep it, keep it thin, keep it simple. Um, make sure they understand it clearly. Um, and then when you are role playing out there with them, take them, get them off cue when you're doing a role play in the house, get them off cue and then see how they work their way back. I tell you many of the test outs and the training I've done over the years, I've watched them get off cue cause they're learning a step-by-step -step methodology that was not developed by myself, but, or anyone else it was developed by folks that had, you know, much more paper hanging on the wall than I do. And I tell you what they've done. I've seen them people get off these, get off their methodology, and it's completely start sweating off their forehead and cave and fail the test. So yeah. that's why keep it thin and simple, so they can be successful and they understand. Just focus on developing and uh, nursing that sales rep, so they can basically get out there and provide solutions. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, like, what are what are some of your uh, like best or favorite closes? I mean, this is the closer's mindset, and you've talked about. That I mean, was that the pull away close? Is that something you did a million times? <laughs> you know, I mean, do you have a close or two that uh, did that just come to you? Like after, I, I, yeah, just what what do you got there? Some input there. I think my 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 favorite close usually came after an objection. So I would uh, I would love to hit them up with an objection. Um, you know, usually I, the, my favorite one was the percentage. Um, the it's it's devaluizing the impact to their budget so what i meant by that and that's my old my old logic is when you're in a house and you know the house is worth five hundred thousand dollars you know the project's going to be 20 percent of that so automatically that tells you a percentage in your head you already know that the market's gaining about 12 percent per year in equity right just not doing anything, it's gaining 12%. So I would tell customers right off the bat, you know, 
the market's been pretty good lately, right? Yep. This is as I'm punching stuff in, get them to acknowledge that. Yeah, the equities have been booming pretty good. And the wife usually say, yeah, we've, we've earned about 13% last year. <laughs> and as soon as they say that, you're like, here I go. And then so you come back and say, well, here's the nice thing, Jane. So your total investment to your house uh, with that 13% improvement, you've already gained in the last 12 months. You already realized that. So basically the house is going to pay for this because we're looking at about 18% of your home's value is going to be your window project. So really in theory to your budget, it's going to cost you about 5%. Um, the good thing is if we continue this 13% per year, you're really going to recoup that and still be about 7% ahead or 8% ahead next year. And they start looking at you and going, so what that means on paper is that's going to be, that's going to roughly impact your, what the offset utility savings and the increase in your home and your equity, you're gaining in your house. It's going to run you approximately about $172 a month, but on paper it's going to be about $400 a month, but that's going to increase your curb appeal. So that was the same thing that I would do every time I'll hit the curb appeal hit the ease of use, added safety, and added security to your home. And wow. then that I rolled off said, your tongue. You could tell you said that a million times. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I would My never. My head was ask. spinning. Yeah. <laughs> I was like trying to keep up and I was like, yeah, I believe him. I, I'm like, where do I sign? <laughs> oh, I have so many that just roll off my tongue and I would just stop and go. So what I'm going to need real quick, uh, as soon as I hear it, yeah, that works. I don't start asking more questions. I said, okay, so I'm going to need right now. I'm going to put my hand out. I'm going to welcome you to my company get that confirmation look right at their face and don't get overzealous don't get all super happy i remember one time i, I did a ride along and the sales rep said oh gosh jolly gee i i haven't had a sale in so long i'm so glad you signed and i oh. i in my mouth and so, <laughs> oh, so what i would do is automatically say i i would welcome to the company and say okay i'm gonna need both your driver's license real quick let me get this thing going for you and i'll get you scheduled for your, your technician to come out next week and then boom 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 you, you forget about everything else and then you do all the paperwork, shake their hand, and then you do your button up right before you walk out. I like oh it. Oh, my gosh. I like it. So uh, you, you talk a lot about uh, financing. We talk a lot about that, too. You, you feel financing is uh, clutch in this game? Yeah. Financing was the, was the major game change for myself. When I joined this industry, there was no financing. If you wanted to do financing, you would typically say, okay, here's your credit card and you can finance it through your credit card by monthly payments. Um, no, you would take the, then we got into, um, you know, pulling mortgages and all that. And that was just a, <laughs> look, you look a, at looking for those pay stubs everywhere sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. There, there was <laughs> GE Capital and all those other Yahoo companies that you had to fill out all these carbon papers and scan it, fax it, whatever it was back then. And then um, it was just uh, crazy. But when they came out with the automated system where you could do it all off an app or a phone call, it was it was night and day. I remember Wells I, Fargo. You, you, we started using Wells Fargo. That was the first oh, one yeah, that you Wells could call Fargo. in. Remember you called in on the phone? Oh, that, yeah. I remember that. That, that was nice. So, so I noticed there's a correlation between finance, your finance penetration rate, and your closure rate. So Tell me more. That if your finance penetration, if you're financing 80% and above of your jobs, mm -hmm. not only do you have a high RPA, a high volume in dollars, your average sale goes up above 30,000 on general, but you also get a much higher close rate. So, because now what do most Americans do? And that was one thing I used to always tell people, what's the American way? Think about it. We finance our gas. Our gas, our cars, our house. <laughs> 
You go overseas, you have to pay, you have to write a check. I mean, not even write a check, let me take checks. You have to pay cash for houses over there. Pay cash oh. for your car. The American way, the reason why America was in the bubbles in, back in 2008 is because everybody wants the galore now. And how do we afford it? It's American way. On the monthly installments. So when people say, oh, you know, you know Fred, I, 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 don't, I don't make payments on Windows. Well, you are now, aren't you? And you just pause and look at them like you just got something growing on your forehead. <laughs> and then they look and go, what do you mean by that? So you have a mortgage, right? Yeah, I do. Well, you're making payments. Fuck. And you got Windows now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you got to be very subtle. Make sure your rapport is really good. Otherwise, you know, the, the husband is going to punch you in the forehead and throw you out. But you got to make sure that you by then you've already got that tight rapport with them. That works and for everything, though. That works right. for siding, for roofing, for it, that's you're, good. you're paying for it now, so what's the difference? What's the difference? But you know what's you know what's it's crazy, Jane and John. Isn't it crazy as an American? We'll go down and finance a vehicle that's a depreciating. This is another one of my closes. A depreciating asset that requires maintenance that costs us money. Um, we have to pay for insurance on it. We pay the payment every month with interest, and of course the oil changes, tire rotations, and everything else. And we'll be we'll be fine to pay on it for six years at 600 700 800 bucks a month and by the time we're done paying off it it's already worth nothing and we're out going to something else but yet we won't invest in the house that's creating money for us that's going to protect our family every day and it's going to look really good every time you drive up isn't that crazy i tell you i've had people go you know what that makes sense and then okay let me step outside and let you talk about that car payment versus your window payment and I tell you, if you would have bought this house originally and would have had the opportunity to roll that payment into your home during your mortgage, you would have done it, right? Yeah. So what's holding you back now? So it works out very well that way. So ever, anyone listening needs to just pause, repeat that whole thing until you have that memorized because that is such I think good people stuff. are going to replay in this podcast oh, like, uh, quite a few oh times. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> Like, get me this file. This <laughs> I, I told you Fred was good. Yeah. I mean, he has, you know, we could ask him a lot of other questions. But it's just he has rolling such off good the information. He's it? not thinking about it. It's just, it's, it, you practice this a lot, I can tell. Well, I, yeah, I haven't, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> Man. What's your last nugget of wisdom, I guess, or... Uh, profound thing to say because I, I i don't even have a specific question anymore i'm in shock i'm in shock invest invest in yourself that doesn't go me that doesn't mean go out and read every damn book there is by a guy that's never sold a window in his life no that means go out and get your tools get your flashlights get your get a good tape measure don't be walking in the house with that one that your wife keeps in the top drawer that's the worst one you talk about kiss of death you know, let let a, let a let a let a construction guy that's trying to get a bid from you see you walking with a paper tape measure. Get yourself a good tape measure. Make sure you carry three of them in your car so you always have them nearby. Make sure you carry a set of extra shoes in case you step in some poopala. Um, but always always carry an extra shirt in your car. That's my words of wisdom. So I had a friend of mine that uh, hell of a salesperson. I brought him in the business myself. He's still in the business to this day. It's been about twelve years. Um, he has a bad habit of spilling coffee. Bad, <laughs> Always. Bad Always spills coffee on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and fortunately, he goes into the house that way. And uh, so always carry an extra shirt. 
um, carry extra shoes. You got to explain to mom, otherwise she's got to think you're going to the club. Um, but just make sure you have that extra stuff in your car and, and be ready and present well when you walk up. And uh, those are the things to do. So that flashlight is a key, key thing because that's the worst thing you do. Is you keep talking about this flashlight. Yeah, this I've never clutch. even heard about that. I've never heard of such a and, thing. And get a uh, and you want to get like a really powerful one too, so it can because even during the light, you can make it much brighter, right? Yeah, uh, right. Because I think I remember use... what you had, Fred, if I remember correctly. Oh, I carried three flashlights. I had a massive military one that lighted the whole authorized. neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I turned it on. You think that uh, the space shuttle can see us, right? <laughs> no, they. You, you know, you, I see some guys using their cell phone light um, and taking pictures to show customers. Uh, I prefer to take a customer along with me, so I always have an umbrella. Say, I've got an umbrella. A lot of times they'll offer you one anyways. Let's go look at this real quick and uh, inspect some of these windows. And I tell you, a lot of them will go with you. I remember there was there was a, a house I went to, and it was raining. And uh, and I showed up. I had a ride-along with me. Um, didn't know the ride-along was coming with me. He kind of showed up on his own. Uh, and we went out to this customer's house, and we knocked on the door. And uh, the customer came to the door. It was raining. And, and I said, uh, I told the ride along, I said, don't, don't say anything. He actually pulled him behind me in the driveway. Uh, he was driving in a, a, an old police car. Yeah. Uh, that looked very well. So I was, I was already agitated, but it was okay. So I said, I said, the first thing I'm going to do, I said, noobs, am I right? <laughs> I'm going to get them to walk outside with me. He said, in the rain, you're going to do that. I said, yes, in the rain. I got to understand what they're doing. It was a six window appointment. So, uh, I knocked on the door. I said, folks, uh, it, it's barely drizzling now. It's going to get worse. Um, it's not dark yet. I, I, I kind of want to see the outside of your permanent and kind of understand because it says you're having some issues on the outside. If you can, if you can grab it, you've got an umbrella. I got an extra one in the car. Let's go inspect the exterior before we, we go. Oh, by the way, my, my, my name is Fred. So, you know, I had already started getting them to come outside because it was raining before I even introduced who I was. And I got them outside and started walking. I sold that job. I think that one, 38 windows and two doors. So we identified that there was a lot of damage on the outside. Your siding was done wrong. Um, so, Got all the windows replaced, and they were getting their siding done after that. But really, really cool situation. The guy said, "I really appreciate you, t- you, you know, you walking around and wanting to hear what I have because I've been looking at these. I, I think things were done wrong. These weren't put in right. Sure enough, it, it was a box installed from a contractor, and so about eight years prior. So, but that was the moral of the story: is that who cares? Unless if it's pouring down, right? Of course, you don't want to do that. But at least offer because you don't want to make them feel like he's inferior to going out in the rain. Oh, I never looked at it like that. I never even yeah. flipped it. Like, Say that one it, more time. It, it's disrespectful almost not to offer them to come out because now you're thinking that person's inferior to go out to the rain with you. Mm. I, I never looked at it that way. So by not asking them, they're like, oh, what, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough to go out there in the rain with you? What, you think right. I'm, I'm a melt or something going out right. there? That, wow. I never looked at it like that. Yeah. Interesting. Jeez, man. Shh. Nuggets keep coming out. Yeah, no, this is you're just pooping golden nuggets right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only first I could. That's the best thing you can come up with, Cash, is pooping that's golden nuggets. I'm just picturing a little bunny walking around just pooping golden nuggets. That's, a, that's all this conversation's been. <laughs> I don't know where. Oh, man, that's good stuff. The flashlight. The, the tape measures when I started I had the top drawer tape measure <laughs> I sold some windows but I definitely got some heat back at the office <laughs> yeah your, your best tape measure so that it doesn't knock off and you sit down on the on the end chairs or you're walking into a door 
is get the uh, get the Stanley, the slim one, the real slim where when you hook it on your belt, it doesn't stick out four inches. Yeah. You ever see those big yellow the, the Yeah, big those, yellow the, the Fat Max. Box. Those Fat Max, man, those things drop, they will bounce. And I tell you, I I've seen I've seen reps crack more tile on the entryway than that damn Fat Max. Yep. They walk in, caught on the strike plate, boom, it hits the tile, cracks mm. the corner. And guess who's replacing the tile? Mm-hmm. I forgot my tape measure once. A little side story for you, Fred. <laughs> and uh, at an older lady's house, and I had to use her sewing kit <laughs> to measure windows. <laughs> oh, God, dude. Are you serious? Oh, humiliating. I'm like, I need a second tape measure. <laughs> That's why you carry three tape measures yeah. in your car. That's how, Point I'm, in case. See, I'm learning the hard way. I never had a trainer say, go get three tape measures today. <laughs> And have a good size level too. I think that's important as yeah. well. Yeah, I suppose that's probably a good way to illustrate it. your windows or door are out of whack or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, like, like like he said earlier, you don't be afraid to get down on your your hands and knees, especially when you're inspecting a, a door threshold. Get down there, grab that threshold. I don't care if you're wearing the two hundred dollar slacks. Grab that threshold, wiggle it. If that damn thing moves, you got some rotting issues. You got to replace all that stuff. Hmm. But don't don't be afraid of it. Get down there, get dirty, tear a shirt up there. You have to get in the window well, then do it. You know, you should have went to Walmart got your damn slacks to begin with. But, you know, get down there and <laughs> grab that threshold, yank on it, and believe me, as soon as they see that threshold move, you got yourself a sale. So yeah. I, I'm curious because you've been in this for a long time. And you've seen all the changes in the business, right? You've seen go from, you know, they would have pitch books to, you know, the computers and to everything else in between, right? Um, what do you think now with with what they do now? Do you like the idea of everything being computerized or do you miss some of the stuff they did before they computerized everything? I'll tell you that the, my biggest thing that I, I miss and how sales have went away is the content. So what I mean by that is back in the old school days when we wrote up an agreement, we wrote up what we're going to do. Expectations, right? What the customer's expecting. What they're going to get was all in writing. Now it's peanut butter. Just a generic contract. and It's generic. Um, If you ever come across a really good attorney that's the buyer, watch how quick he's not willing to sign until he's got some more detail. So, and that's the one thing the industry has gone to. They, they want to get away from all the, the details just to get you to sign that night and peanut butter. To me, that is not delivering a promise. That's just me. Because what ends up happening? It goes haywire. It's not what they were expecting. And now guess who's writing the check to fix it? The company is. And computers have done that. I, I truly believe computers have simplified things to a point where it's almost scary. They, they have. I mean, I remember back in the day, there was a company out of Salt Lake. They had a software program. I don't remember. I think it was called Arrowhead or Arrow Thunder or something that you would have. If you type in the window size, it would actually give you a digital image of what that window looks like. Very similar to what Pella has on their system. But this would be done in the house, upfront, retail pricing, boom, boom, broken down instantaneously. And you can print it out on a portable printer. But what it gave the customer, they knew exactly what their configuration was going to be. They knew their color. Now, keep in mind, that technology was around back in 2008. Hmm. But yet, the technology that's used today by a lot of massive companies 
is very peanut butter. It's very just price and here's your different windows. No description. I'll go into, I've seen like homeowners, if you ever like, you know, you go in within that rescission period and you went over the new contract or whatever. And they're like, they show you the old one and the guy just wrote in, in handwriting, like 10 windows, full, oh. full frame. I'm like, can you believe the company is doing that out there? I'm like, you signed this contract. That, like, what is that? Like, that is ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah. There's still companies that just, they, they're, they're pre-printed the little one sheet forms with the yellow copy, excuse me. And then you just type it, you just write in 10 windows, low E and the customer signs. And you know, it's, it's amazing the half the customers you come across, they don't even know what they bought. They have no clue. Cause remember yeah. they're not buying windows. They're buying the person in front of them. That's yeah. the moral of this whole conversation, this whole, this whole podcast. Ah, so whole please podcast. tell them. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, they're, they're, so, say, so say that again because I think I think people missed that one. So what I'm trying to say is it it's really come down to is people, brainiacs out there and these, running these major corporations have figured out the customers aren't buying what's on that piece of paper. They're buying who's in front of them. So that's why it impairs you to be the best and give it all your heart and passion when you walk in that house because they're buying Every from time. you. They don't even know what the hell they're signing. Remember the most of the feedback customers saying they have no clue what they signed. They, they forget. And, and if you how many times I'm not, it's happened to me that I've had a customer and we've made a couple different decisions on things and then they forget right a week later and they, they we picked one decision, but they thought it was the other. And I've had that happen yep. time and time again, even though we've written it out, circled it, whatever the case may be, because I think reps, including myself, talk too much in the home and explain too much because it overtalks the customer. And I think, Fred, you have a real good way of keeping it simple and not overtalking to the customer. But not being peanut butter either. Correct. Being jelly. Yep. Let, <laughs> let, them, let them talk and they'll tell you how to tell them and you go from there. I think even on the computer topic there, that's something that I'm sure most, at least in my experience, I've been in my last place had an iPad, now I've got a computer. But like, there's places uh, that are, are either pr to pre-fill before you like create the contract or on the contract. Put as many notes as you can in there. Don't just rely on like yeah. what the spitting out about the windows or the, the siding or whatever it is. Put notes in there about what you talked about. Oh, yeah. I, I still stuck notes in on contracts even when they didn't require them and i did that for my customer i did that to make sure my customer was getting exactly what they asked for i, I, I want to repeat how you worded that i did it for my customer you, you always preface that you're always about your customer and i think that always goes back to the caring that you you give to each customer yeah you didn't say you did it to cover your company's no. ass you did it for your customer i mean anytime i even talked to this whole podcast and, and asked you questions it was all came back to you really cared didn't matter if it was a funny situation or crazy situation or it didn't matter what the situation was you still always cared and i think that's kind of the moral of the story too is you got to care about what you do and you got to really give them that that impactful you. presentation you got to give them all of you yeah every yeah, home I I had a sales rep tell me one time, that's not my job to help them choose the color of their trim. Then whose job is it, man? Yeah, you're the expert. That's why they called you out. If they could have picked all that stuff out, they would have done it themselves. That's truly what he believed. He believed that it's his responsibility was just to close the deal. I said, oh. So you get paid just to close the deal. You're not, you're not paid to 
support that customer. That's like that going and getting an oil change and just not picking the the right oil to put in, right? You're going to just pick whatever oil and not going to let the mechanic recommend which oil to put in? Same thing. Yeah. Well, six months later, do you think that sales rep is still in the business? Eh. Eh. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. If you ever want to co-host this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's amazing about home improvement. Regardless of what you're selling, siding, windows, roofing, whatever, regardless of what your education background, doesn't matter. If, you're, if you like people and you like truly believe in taking care of people and you're passionate about it, you give it all your heart and your dedication, you're willing to, to take it and uh, the next level, you'll be in that house and you'll be asking Dr. Johnson for his income on his application. And as soon as he, he tells you how much he makes, you're going to automatically calculate in your head. Oh, shit, I made a hundred grand more than him last year. What a good night. That is good stuff. It's the truth. Wouldn't you say this is the best, the best kept secret? It is. It's an industry that, uh, you know, I think there's a school in Michigan now that trains people to sales, but there's nothing out there for home improvement sales. There's nothing that, that attracts people out of college. Um, they, you know, there's, there's really nothing out there. Uh, you know, when I talk to new newbies coming in now, I don't, I don't, I don't give a crap what, what their education level is. Um, I truly mean that uh, I've seen, I've seen guys coming with MBAs that completely fall on their face. Um, I want, I want people that come in with heart, with passion. That's what they need over anything else. And, uh, they'll succeed. And, uh, and willing to go above and beyond and own it. And that's what we need now. That's what America needs is sales reps that own their business, that treats it like their own. Hmm. So that's good. You gotta own your business, you gotta own your gotta be responsible. I, yep. I always go back up, to that total responsibility. Yep, when you screw up, admit it and go with it. Take the hit, keep on going. Don't get all sour pussy. Get the notepad out, get the sticky yep. notes, write down what you did wrong. Don't do it again. <laughs> on the mirror. Yeah. It's kind of like practice, yeah. right? You ever give a training class and you're walking through and you're and you're talking and you're talking? Oh, never mind. Uh, and you're talking and you uh, and, you're, and you look around and you realize that there's only three people taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you're doing a you're doing a, a a little get together training a year later, and you look around and you notice those three people are still there. Surprise! Surprise! Surprise, surprise. And the ones that didn't take are the ones that didn't make it. So, Well, Fred, thank you so yeah, much for your time you so today. Much, you gave You're us uh, a bunch epic. of time here and uh, some some just beautiful uh, information that, that I know people are going to uh, re just re-listen to this. Yeah, and uh, that's what this podcast is all about, giving a voice to the home improvement salespeople, to the first call closers. To the guys cool. out there giving that windshield time, those road warriors. Use that windshield time to your advantage. That's right. Listen to, listen to us on the podcast. Listen to Fred. Yep. <laughs> Take some yep. of that knowledge away. Right before you walk in that house. Well, hey, look. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks again, bro. Us. Greatly appreciate it. it. We'll Say talk hi to, to the family. Yeah, we'll have you on again. And we'll oh. definitely have you on again because yeah. I got a lot more questions yep, to seriously. ask you. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. All right. Have a good right. night. Thanks again. Later.